welcome to episode 112 of the App Advice Weekly Podcast. I am Brett Nolan of AppAddict.net, and with me as always is Trevor Sheridan of App Advice. In this episode, Trevor and I keep our evil eyes on the prize as we swipe left and right to direct colorful snakes, slide deadly pots, train a dragon, and even open a jar of pickles. How you doing tonight, Trevor? Doing good. Love that wide variety from dragon training to opening pickles. I mean... What else could you ask for? I know it's amazing what you can do just by swiping left and right. It is. And before we get to the fun game action, we get to talk about Apple rumors. And we have people who are just making stuff up. I don't even know what they're doing. But first off, we talked last week about how we have no clue what's going on with Apple TV Plus or Apple Arcade and any of the details. And then magically, all these rumors have come out and we've gotten all the details. So... You have to take these rumors with a grain of salt as the rumors, but we'll let you decide for yourself. The first one comes from Bloomberg saying that the Apple TV Plus is going to launch in November for $9.99 a month. Yeah, that seems, uh, I don't know, it seems kind of high for the limited amount of content they're going to have, especially going against uh, Netflix and Disney. Disney's going to be far cheaper. Netflix will be more expensive. But uh, I don't know. To me, the I, that's really not going to sell me on it for nine ninety nine with the amount of content they announced. But I, I don't know. What about you? So the the fun part is that November is the month that Disney's planning to launch Disney Plus for six ninety nine. So Apple isn't even going to try to get out ahead. We're going to launch maybe the same day. We'll just wait till November twelfth, and here's our ten dollar plan versus Disney's seven dollar plan, and we know. Disney has Star Wars and Marvel and all Disney and all Pixar and they got National Geographic and 20th Century Fox like Simpsons and stuff. So cool. We'll go head to head with that. And then on top of it, Bloomberg's article specifically says something along the lines of the titles will include and they list off five shows and then nine to five Mac followed up saying that the Apple TV plus will launch with only five shows. So is it will include these five specific shows or is it will only include these five specific shows? There's a very big distinction with just one word. Uh, right, right. It says the initial slate of shows will include. But does that mean it's the only five shows that are going to be included? Or is this just a small selection of what's going to be included? We still don't even know if it's going to be a Netflix style drop everything, all the episodes at once. Or if you're going to have to wait week after week to watch individual episodes like standard television, that still hasn't come out as far as like the actual news. The this is all these rumors. We still don't know anything. We won't know anything until Apple officially announces it. But right now it's looking even less impressive than I thought it was going to be, given if there is only five shows at launch. Yeah. And so those five shows will include the morning show, the one that's been advertised with Reese Witherspoon, Steve Carell, and Jennifer Aniston, as well as Steven Spielberg's Amazing Stories, C with Jason Momoa, and that's spelled S-E-E because it's a twist on him being blind and the whole culture being blind. And then we have Truth Be Told with Octavia Spencer and a documentary series about extra- extravagant houses called Home. So if these are the only five shows, this is probably the worst launch of any service in the history of time. 
But if these are just <laughs> part of the five shows, there's some intriguing aspects because Apple has quite a slate of what they're working with. When you find out all the details of potential shows, because they have the Sesame Street one, there's a Emily Dickinson, uh, like comedy drama biopic type of thing. There's a Richard Gere drama. There's going to be an upcoming Damien Chazelle show and a M. Night Shyamalan show. And then there's all the ones that they specifically mentioned on stage. But I guess none of those are going to be ready by November. We're just, here's maybe they'll come 10 years down the road. We have no idea. This just, I, I can't trust this rumor. There's no way it's this bad. Right, and then they also have a whole slate of movies that they're supposedly working on. Yeah, like I guess none of the movies are ready bandits. either. Just the TV sh- yeah. these five shows are ready. So uh, something was lost in translation here with this rumor. I, I kind of imagine something's wrong here, or just Apple is really falling apart here. They well, spent six the billion, got, and they could only yeah, have five shows dollars. ready yeah. for November. It and uh, Talk about the lack money. of any, but the lack of any official information is leading them to believe that this may actually be true. <laughs> Just because if you actually have something, all these other companies are announcing things. Why would you not try to get out in front of this? I mean, I know we got into this last week, but. It just makes no sense the way everything's been so tight-lipped about this. You want everyone talking about your service. You don't want to have it be like something that just comes out last minute when there's so many other options. You need people talking about it, excited about it, wanting to subscribe. They want to subscribe yesterday. That's what you want. You don't want to wait until they've already subscribed for all these other services and have no money left. Yeah, D23 is upcoming this weekend and Disney's already saying that to people who attend you can sign up for three years in advance and you'll save like 23 or 32 dollars over the entire period but three years is a big installment a big you know it's almost like a car lease but for a Disney streaming service so that's again tapping into people being excited for the upcoming service and Apple's like shh don't tell anybody that we're launching a (laughs) streaming service (laughs) <laughs> we got it we got a few shows we're gonna put them out and we'll we'll keep telling you about the same shows over and over again hopefully that'll get you excited yeah because you can sign up for netflix for the 8.99 a month plan that's not hd i don't know how you still watch not hd in 2019 but it's an option yeah. and then amazon prime video also starts at 8.99 and prime video has a ton of damn good shows and so apple's like you know what we're gonna go with 10 bucks and we don't really have anything for you. We got five shows that reach different audiences. So probably pretty much for you, there's might be one show you might be interested of these five. Oh, right. Yeah. These are like totally different shows. So yeah, we have a whole broad spectrum of different types of shows. But are you interested in that many different types of shows? Or is there a certain genre that you tend to watch? And if you don't watch a lot of different stuff, you're going to be out of luck. Yeah, it's, this is a uh, this is very concerning. If you're a big Apple fan, if you're not, and you can care less, and you just want to laugh in Apple's face, this is shaping up very well. The only place that Apple can really do major damage if they start to bundle everything. I know we've said this, but if they they have Apple Music, iCloud, Apple News, which is junk, but whatever, Apple TV Plus. Apple Arcade, all these different options, like that's where it could be a big boon for them. If they could find a way to bundle all these services at some low one shop price, then you're going to have people jumping in. 
But at 10 bucks for what seems like very limited content, I don't even see it. But I guess we'll have to wait till whenever it's finally officially announced and we can't necessarily rely on just rumors. Yeah, I got to imagine the initial state slate includes rather the initial state only includes because back in March, Apple gave, you know, a press release talking about amazing stories. Are you sleeping? Calls Central Park defending Jacob Dickinson for all mankind foundation helpsters. Home, Little America, Little Voice, Magic Hour, The Morning Show, My Glory Was I Had Such Friends, Pachinko C, Swagger, as well as movies, The Elephant Queen, Hala, On the Rocks, Wolf Walkers, and then you have Oprah documentaries, Astronaut Snoopy, and then you, like I said, the Damien Chazelle and M. Night Shyamalan series, the Richard Gere drama, the Always Sunny in Philadelphia guys are making a comedy just for them, you have Time Bandits, Losing Earth. Shantaram. I mean, that's a big long list of stuff. And you're telling me only five are going to be ready this November. Well, they got to stretch it out to keep <laughs> you subscribing. Right? I don't know. That was a long <laughs> list of stuff that you could just keep launching. You, then you add like two every couple months and no one would even notice. Because, again, also, not only do you have the juxtaposition of Disney Plus, Netflix and Amazon Prime, you also have the Apple Arcade in itself, which Apple's planning to launch 100 games. At launch, 100 games. And you're telling me you only have five TV shows. Yeah, well, they got a lot more separate developers doing it. I don't know. Six billion just doesn't go as far as it used to. I guess not. And so that (laughs) does lead us into the Apple Arcade. Now there's a rumor from 9to5Mac who, again, maybe they don't have reading comprehension skills on staff. I don't know what the actual reason is. They said only five titles. But again, they're referencing Bloomberg's article. So I don't think they have necessarily a source for the Apple TV But now they do have a source for Apple Arcade, and they're saying that it's going to launch for only $4.99 a month. And me and you were both saying, if this is $4.99 a month, I'll sign up for the next year. I'm all in for 5 bucks a month for 100 games. That is a no-brainer. At five bucks a month, if this is accurate, like they do, they have a hands. Nine to Five Mac had a hands-on exclusive of some little demo. Apparently, in the beta testing within Apple. They're charging employees 49 cents a month to do Apple Arcade just as a test. And somehow they saw something within, I'm guessing within their exclusive demo that they had, some promotional thing that showed them that it was going to be $4.99 a month. That seems absolutely, and there's going to be a free trial. And the, but that seems so low to me. But Maybe that's part of a bundle price as a promotion as part of a bundle. Maybe they missed a one in front of that. But at $4.99 a month, I don't know how everyone is not going to be signing up for this. Like that seems like an insanely low price to get. You could buy one single game each month or get access to 100 games to start. And that is only going to continue to grow. And these games are absolutely amazing. Look, I just saw a trailer today from Furbasa Studios has a game coming. And I, I I don't know if it's a launch title or coming later for Apple, uh, Apple Arcade, but they put uh, the I Am Toast or I Am Bread or whatever that, that awesome yeah. weird game was. Like the They do a lot game. of crazy weird yeah. stuff. And... All these big, big developers are coming in and they're somehow going to offer this for $4.99 a month. I don't know. That's insane. That's the complete opposite of Apple, who overcharges for pretty much everything. This seems like an undercharge, like a bargain of a century. Because then you think you get to play the games on your iPhone and your iPad 
and the Apple TV. And with iOS 13, you can use your Xbox or PlayStation controller to fully have these complete gaming experiences, even up on the big screen TV, for $5 a month. I mean, that's an insane price point. And then it's going to also work with family sharing. And I don't know how Apple is going to earn enough revenue through that to pay it out to developers to keep this system going for $5. But maybe... No, there's no maybe. I have no idea. The math does not add up in my head for this to work. No, the only thing I can think of is that's a promotion for like the first couple of months or something. Like, there's no way that can that can be sustainable at four unless they figure they are going to get so many people to sign up for this thing at that cheap price. That's the only thing I can think of. But I don't know. That seems so low to me. Uh, not that I want to pay more, yeah. but it just <laughs> doesn't seem sustainable at four ninety nine a month. For five TV shows, five dollars makes sense. For over a hundred games, <laughs> nine ninety nine yeah. makes sense. So it feels like the prices are switched on these two things. <laughs> yeah, I I fully expected it to be like nine ninety nine or maybe fourteen ninety nine a month for the Apple Arcade. I I don't even know. They've got me day one. If it's four ninety nine, holy cow, that's cheap. I can't imagine I, I it's know. true. I feel like something else was lost in translation. Now that 9to5Mac has set themselves up that they don't understand the difference between Slate will include and Slate will only include, I gotta imagine maybe it's gonna be $14.99, like you said, they missed the one, or it's tied into the idea that they accessed an employee, essentially, launch idea, like a beta test of it, and in it, it's $0.49 cents a month just to let employees really effortlessly sign up and they just extrapolated out that oh we then think it's going to be 4.99 and there was nothing distinct to actually pinpoint 4.99 but again if it is 4.99 would extrapolate 4.99 like well 49 cents 4.99 you just move the decimal point <laughs> yeah well you can do a lot by moving the decimal point you can say it's 50 you can't say it's 9.99 like... if you move the decimal point i do know that <laughs> true <laughs> <laughs> Because they could have made it nine ninety cent ninety nine cents in the employee thing, and then maybe nine to five max says it's going to be nine ninety nine. So, who knows? I just don't trust this four ninety nine price for the pricing of these studios who are participating on apps that they've done. The pricing that Apple has done in the past. The pricing of this Apple TV Plus service. It just does not compute with any of those factors. So the only thing I can hope for is that now that these prices are out there. Maybe Apple looks at them and says, hey, why not? People are excited about this. Like, I don't know. Maybe they're testing the waters this way. They've had a couple of days since these news story broke. They need to address it somehow. Either finally announce the actual pricing or say, no, they're completely off. Uh, This is like, this is what it's going to be. Or like, yeah, people seem happy with those prices. Let's go with it. Uh, So I don't know. Maybe this is all a ploy for them to test. Maybe they. They leaked it to 9to5Mac just to test the waters on pricing before they uh, make an official announcement. I have no idea, but it's crazy. It just doesn't make any sense, and it doesn't feel like a purposeful leak to 9to5Mac. 9to5Mac has never really had that relationship with Apple, especially when... Well, they now have exclusive trials of this stuff. They got well, an exclusive maybe trial Maybe they just connected to an employee. And the employee helped them because this is an employee beta trial. It doesn't say that we got a special press copy of this. Like when John Gruber, Darren Fireball gets something, he says, Apple invited us to do this. This doesn't seem like that at all. It seems like an employee fed them information and probably did it 
maybe not on Apple's up and up way of doing it. I have no idea. I don't either. It just doesn't make any sense that see if the Apple TV plus price we didn't have at 99 at 999 for hardly any content, then, you know, it makes more sense if we just had the Apple Arcade price. But for them to say it's going to be $10 for our terrible TV content, I can't imagine our awesome game content is $5. It, that They don't work together. No, I feel bad. They, they're giving all this money to the, to the horrible TV people, and these developers are getting shortchanged. Yeah, maybe I don't know. This... That's what it is. Maybe it's the bringing in the big names, the big Hollywood names require a bigger demand and price and they're like screw you developers you're used to making like 70 cents on the dollar and no one buys your 3.99 or 4.99 games <laughs> or whatever so what's the big deal with this yeah i don't know i this is crazy i don't i i want to know what it is because i have no idea this this is crazy i i kind of hope it's 4.99 but for the developers sake i think they need more for what they're doing but i don't know this is crazy and bundle price is weird, too, because say you bundled Apple TV with the game Apple Arcade, and then it came out to $14.99, and then you have the $9.99, $4.99 breakdown instead of essentially $9.99 for both. And they're just saying, oh, the Arcade's $4.99. But if you didn't, if the $4.99 is actually the starting price, how do you bundle Apple Arcade with anything? Because $5 is so cheap, where you're going to drop it down to $2.99? That's not going to yeah, change everyone's... anybody's real opinion. Everyone's used to apps dropping down from four ninety nine to two ninety nine. Yeah, the bundle on, just doesn't make expect. sense to include Apple Arcade at such a low price. You defeat the whole purpose of bundling. Bundle yeah, no, has to it, make sense with a certain price. I mean, the stupid news service is ten bucks. I know that's that's <laughs> almost more of a slap in the <laughs> slap in the face. That news service is terrible. That should be free at this point. Like it is so awful. I tried. To, I told you I'd use my free trial, and I hardly even used it. It was so painfully bad, and I don't know that anyone's buying that. That they're gonna have to toss in free in a bundle. People would pay for the games. People would probably pay for uh, if it was enough movie and TV content. But the news thing was terrible. Music, people are already paying for that. So you'll, you'll get people to pay for that. How they bundle all this, I have no idea. Do they make it so it's only if you do their, you only can buy the bundle if you do their upgrade program for your phone? I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it. But Apple really needs to have their big, and maybe this all going to announce at the iPhone 11 event. I don't know. But we need real factual information because this these just rumors seems are off. questionable at base at best yeah yeah <laughs> but we do have another rumor that apple's iphone 11 vents gonna be september 10th so we don't have that much longer to wait i mean labor day is gonna come and go and we're right into the apple event yeah i, I, I <laughs> so we might not have that much longer to wait and then Apple can tell us that we have five shows ready. It's going to cost you 10 bucks to watch these five shows. You can get a free trial and watch all five shows during that free trial. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, not they only drop in one episode a week. Then you got to Then, then you just wait till they're all out and then you I know, get the free I would trial. wait till every episode dropped, then do my free trial. That's how you do CBS All Access. Uh, that, yeah, that don't even get me started with that joke. I oh my gosh. That is ridiculous, but yeah. So we'll have more to talk about <laughs> once we get specifics, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, if it's September 10th, 
that announcement, the official announcement's got to come out very soon, because usually that's, what, like a week or two in advance. We're almost at that point. So yeah, that's within the next from today when we're recording. Yeah. So we got to be uh, getting that announcement any time in the next week or t- week or so. So now, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we know anything more than when we started or when we recorded last week. But we should sure talked about it. I do a lot. have kind of good hopes for the Apple Arcade pricing, though. I, I hope I'm not disappointed. I'm ready to sign up for the year, man. That's 60 bucks for the whole year. Yeah. So one console video game, you can play a year of over 100 different iOS games. Yeah, and these are like quality games. These are not like... And this isn't like Flappy Bird and stuff. Match 3, yeah. <laughs> it's not some Candy Crush and Clash of Clans free-to-play stuff. These are fully developed, complete experiences that can be standalone experiences on iOS. That you'll be able to play with a controller, too. You'll be able to play with a physical... And the awesome controller you're Xbox familiar controller. with, not some like, yes. you know, oh, this is a special iOS-made controller. Oh, and you can play these all on your Mac, too. That was another one of the stipulations. You'd be oh, able wow. to play on the Mac. I, it was like the Mac, the all the iOS devices, your Apple TV, and they would all use the controller, and they would not be part of another mobile subscription service. And Oh, no, they would not be part of another subscription service, and they would not be available on another mobile platform. I believe those were all the limitations. I, I'm super excited <laughs> yep. for that. For Apple TV, I'm not interested in any fashion whatsoever. <laughs> no, I just want to know about the app, that if I'm going to watch my iTunes stuff directly on my TV or something. Yeah, so we'll find out soon enough. But since we're talking about so many games, guess what? There's games available right now. You don't have to wait for the Apple Arcade and pay whatever subscription price you can just pay individual (laughs) 299 prices right now (laughs) yeah you don't even have to wait for them to go on sale they're already 299 and so the first one is snicks which misspells sinks for i have no idea why but it's s-n-i-k-s and essentially you get to control these little colored worms and you have to guide them from point A to point B, and that point B is fruit. And so the fruits are going to be different colors. You have strawberry for the red worm, you have blueberries for the blue worm, etc. And then as you go, they're going to have more kind of cross pathways for these different worms, and you have more worms on screen. So you have the yellow worm going to banana, then you have like a plum, and so you have to cross the red and the blue worms together to be able to be purple. And it just builds upon this idea where you have this top-down fixed grid of certain number of squares, and you have to make sure that the worms can pass through each other without colliding head-to-head and just have enough room to get them all into position. You even have multicolored worms where half of it needs to be on a red and half of it needs to be on a blue. And it's just a classic puzzle experience that goes from level to level, and they keep introducing various changes and more complex mechanics but it doesn't rely on oh here's 10 levels in a row that we just introduced this one change it kind of gives you one level here's this new change now expect to deal with it as you go through this all the levels in the entire game no uh, shelly allon who, who developed this has done a fantastic job of kind of building up the the complexity on a in a nice gradual way you never feel like it was too slow like too many levels that are almost identical this is the same developer behind sputnik eyes and partiers Mm -hmm. which were also fun puzzle games and the thing i like about this is you start with those seemingly pretty simple just dragging the worms around and then you you kind of have to plan things out because they can't they'll kind of get stuck by themselves so you sometimes will have to back out a worm and then move the other little or i guess they're snakes little snakes because 
think that's what snicks is supposed to be like. So they're like little snakes that you drag around. They sometimes do a back one out and then move the other one in. And because they can't go through, their heads can't go through each other. Sometimes you have to line up with a body so you can slide another one over the body and Sometimes you'll need that color. Other times they start to build the complexity where there'll be like tunnels where you have to send a snake through a tunnel and then drag them out. There'll be X'd out spots on the grid where you can't have a snake on that spot. So now you have to twist them around in such a way so they're not touching any of the X's. Then there'll be ones where you go over these pluses and now that makes that one snake a little bit longer. And sometimes you need just that little bit of extra length to reach the, the spots you need to get to. So it just keeps on building and building complexity and you learn the the basics as you go so you never feel so overwhelmed but they're still challenging levels but you know you have the tools and the knowledge to solve them sometimes it's just tough to figure out exactly what you need to do and i guess you can get completely stumped too there's no way to skip a level there's no you know token system or any kind of here's a level pack you can play these five levels and you need to beat four to move on there's no star scoring system there's none of that so if there is a level you get to that you can't pass too bad <laughs> yeah yeah there is that i i at least i couldn't figure out a way to get there was one that was i was really struggling with I, my guess is you could probably find playthroughs online now at this point but I was really struggling, and then fortunately I had unlocked another world, so it let me go to that world, uh, and then I went back to that one level I had skipped, and then all of a sudden it clicked for me. I'm like, oh, it was one of these with a tunnel, and I realized, oh, wait a minute, I was sending the wrong snake through the tunnel. I need to send this one through the tunnel, and then I figured it out and was able to move on. But there have been a couple of levels where I had to walk away and really think about it, and then go back. I haven't got so stuck that I've gone out to try to find a walkthrough to help me, but I could see where some people might get frustrated where if they're stuck on a level and they can't progress, uh, it would be nice to be able to like maybe skip it or do something or so you can move on at least and then come back to it. Yeah. And really, I just love this type of game. It's a puzzle game where each level flows from one to the next. It's a really clean minimalistic design that lets you focus completely on the puzzle at hand and you can just get lost going from each one to the next in that brilliantly designed difficulty curve so you're always kind of compelled to keep going where that overarching frustration I don't think ever relies on of getting completely stuck I think it's going to be more of a rare occurrence and you'll just get in like okay getting these worms crossed over into the tunnels color matching overlap all these kinds of different things just become second nature and natural because it's introduced so well yeah and it's got great iCloud savings so I've been going back and forth on my iPad and my phone and you can pick up right where you left off so that if you have a few moments of time and you want to just knock out a level you can just keep going back and forth between your devices and they sync up super easily and quickly and that's Snix it's $2.99 it's universal and then there's Witch Eye which actually lets you play as the perceived villain. So the game starts with the whole little introductory story where you think you're getting into, you're going to play as the knight and you have to go get stuff. But it turns out the knight stole all the gems from the witch and you get to play as the witch who transforms herself into an eye. So it's just a floating, wandering eye. And you have to defeat enemies to get your gems back and traverse the entire map. And the entire game is designed with swipe controls. So essentially all you do is swipe in the direction you want the eyeball to move. You can tap the screen 
for the eye to fix in position to essentially realign your or your swipe in whatever given direction you want. And you just keep going through these levels. Each one is set up so you have a few enemies you're going to defeat. And then you kind of get into this locked position where you need to defeat one bigger enemy to unlock a key. And as you go, you don't know which enemies are going to give you those gems back. So you kind of have to defeat all of them through the level if you want to get the three green gems plus the one blue gem to get that full satisfaction of completing the level. Because it's not just making it from point A to point B. So you have a whole adventure experience and it's all done with just super simple effortless swipe controls. Yeah, so in there's also like blocks that you have to destroy sometimes to get those gems. The controls do, I will say, they do take some getting used to because there is you're swiping. It's not like how you're used to with like a virtual D-pad. You swipe and it just starts moving, and then you have to quickly tap on the screen because there's times where you're gonna have to stop yourself to avoid like enemies firing at you or to line yourself up to attack an enemy and or to avoid like a, a spiky obstacle or something. Uh, so you're gonna have to kind of get used to that swiping and then quickly tapping to stop sometimes it didn't fully react properly like i would then start going the wrong direction or i bump into something it wasn't always clear what you could bump into safely and what you couldn't and where the controls sometimes they felt like they worked perfectly and they felt natural other times it felt like you were fighting the controls a little bit as you were trying to move around and i felt like i got hurt sometimes because of the controls, not necessarily because I didn't go where I thought I was going to go. Oh, I didn't move where I intended to go. I moved someplace else, and it was more because I was fighting the controls. But once you kind of get used to it, you do kind of develop this kind of rhythm to it, and you're able to move around pretty naturally. The thing is, the pr the controls didn't feel precise enough for picking up the gems sometimes. So you have very limited amount of time to pick these gems up. When they appear, they go up in the air and they immediately start sinking. And then if they go off the screen, you can't pick it up. Same thing with like heart, uh, health hearts. They'll go kind of float off the screen. You get to quickly grab them if you want them. And sometimes I felt like the, the controls just weren't precise enough for me to grab these things. And I just moved on. I didn't try to get 100%. I just wanted to make it through the level because I could spend forever trying to get all of those gems in each level. Yeah, I, I definitely saw that. I think for me, the controls, the problems weren't necessarily from the core structural design. It's more you get into that frantic flicking where you're in that boss battle and you want to move five directions at once because you need to dodge an incoming attack and then loop around to get behind them and then you have to speed up to then be able to knock them where there's no shield you actually have to get to their backside and you just are really a flurried fingers on the screen versus oh, i'm going to just use the directional controls and then the attack button so i think it's just that one control makes you more oh i need to do all these different finger things when you don't really need to but then also on the flip side Say you knock into a block, you're bounced back immediately without touching the screen. If you swipe once and let the eye go, it's going to go all the way until it hits something. And as soon as it does, it's going back the opposite way. So it will continually move. The eye is always moving unless you tap on the screen to stop it. So you can hit an enemy and then you don't do anything because you have that momentary lapse of victory and you'll fall back right into spikes or you'll knock into a fireball or something just by not doing anything at all simply because of the way the game is set up. I do like that you get five hearts, so you get mistakes, and then there's those heart pickups along the way, so I never seem to 
die, but I did definitely take a bunch of damage. And I think it's just because the control system worked for me, but I don't think it necessarily works for an action platformer. Yeah, so actually that bounce back helped me, I would say, more than it hurt me. Usually I didn't get hurt, but it was nice that it kind of bounced you back, especially when you're attacking an enemy where you got to hit them multiple times because sometimes you'll hit them and then you'll bounce back and they'll try to fire at you. But that now that you're far enough away from them, you can swipe down or swipe up and kind of get out of the way of their bullet and then make your second attack. So I actually found that kind of helpful in most situations. It was more if you're in really tight quarters, or I know exactly which boss you're talking about, uh, where you had to do those really precise swooping around them, where normally you would just hold down that thumbstick and loop around them with no problem whatsoever. This felt almost a little unnatural, like you were doing like a three-point turn, Mm -hmm. where you're like, I'm going to swipe in this direction, now i got to swipe in this direction, now i got to swipe in this direction, and then sometimes it just wasn't fast enough, and you turn this around, and shield's there, and now you take damage. When you were there, it just didn't, because of the multiple swipes you had to do, it just wasn't as natural as it would be with like a a joystick or a a thumbstick. So I think it just takes a different, kind of way of playing and i i don't know it's not what i'm used to so i i think if you start to play through enough of the game you would kind of get used to the controls but again i don't feel like it's the best control system for like an action platformer i it's got too many limitations for and then they mentioned speed runs i can't even imagine doing a speed run well parts of it like long straightaways you could do the speed run but really precise stuff you're gonna run into problems bumping into things because you can't get the preciseness you can with a joystick. Yeah. And I also agree with you on the pickups. I wish that if you got a gem, it would fall to the ground and sit there, not just completely fly off the screen. Because, again, with a bounce back idea, say you hit into an enemy and the gem pops up, it falls straight down and you're hurtling back the opposite way because you just killed that enemy and you ricocheted back the opposite way. So that's a little disconcerting. There's a few gems I missed just because of that. Yeah, the gems should be like the keys. The keys stay where they land, and you can go pick them up. Mm-hmm. I understand the hearts. Make them float away. Make you fight for it. Maybe you get hurt trying to get the heart, and now it's like you got worse off out of it. Do it with the hearts, but those gems should just sit and fall and let you pick them up. If you've found them, give them to you. Yep, I definitely agree. Though, for the entire experience, the whole swipe idea, I like it. It takes a while to get used to, but I like the ingenuity of it and then the whole retro inspired experience of it i mean we haven't even covered that it feels like a platformer from the past with all of the design elements and then they fashioned it around making it specific for touch devices i just appreciate the overall design and ideas behind it oh i I love the the graphics and the and the sound the soundtrack was awesome it felt like like an a nintendo nes game like you were on the nes playing this game you could easily imagine it being on that if you had a joystick but not the swipe controls uh it felt like that era of gaming they did a, a great job nailing that down uh and just the i love the chiptune soundtrack and i i really appreciate that level of it it was more just the only sticking point really was the controls for me. Yep. And so that is Witch Eye. It's two ninety nine. It's universal. It's a standout of this week. This week isn't necessarily the best week, but it's definitely just a nice achievement in game design for iOS. Yep, I quite enjoyed it. And then there's Unhatched, which 
kind of calls back to Meteor Fall. It has a very similar idea with a little more deck building in a sense that all you have to do is swipe left or right for this card battle game. And each card has its own specific style to it. And before you go to fight any given enemy, you get to build your deck. So you get to decide which cards you want to appear in your deck order. So it's not shuffled. It's not randomized. You're going to take these cards in a specific order. And so then it comes to balancing which cards you have and which powers you have. So you want to build up your mana at the start. So you have the power enough to use different, more heavy attack abilities to actually attack your opponent. And you have that back and forth card battle style, but with the effortless left or right controls to decide, do I want to get an extra turn or do I want to use mana or earn mana? Do I want to actually use two mana to get a big damage or do I want to just do a basic one attack? Yeah, so it kind of takes like the whole reins left and right swiping for choices because the whole story around this. So mm-hmm. you've been kind of like locked in the cell and this guy offers to free you, but then you got to do all these quests for him. And uh, so you're going through this and as you're doing it, it's always the same left and right to choose which part of the card you want to do but it's each level each or each one of these quests it's a card battle but it's also sort of a puzzle because you need to figure out exactly what order to put your cards in so they're all stacked in like two card high stacks and then you kind of decide which two two cards you want to put in the first and fourth the second and fifth and the third and sixth spots and then they'll come out in that order so now you have to choose so you're basically lining up these stacks of two cards in the order that you want them to appear and that's going to help you because you kind of look and see what combos you'll be able to build and hopefully you're trying to basically take down your enemy's uh power down to zero before they take you down so you're trying to figure out like i need the first card to be a mana card and then maybe the second card i can make that uh play multiple cards so that way i can then attack with my third card so you kind of almost start to puzzle it out and plan things out and at the beginning of the game things are always seem fairly easy like I, i felt like it was fairly simple to figure out the combination of cards I need to do to beat it but then as you start to get more choices like extra sets of cards or different cards that now will spawn additional cards and you have to almost have to play things multiple times to see what how your enemy is going to play to then know which cards are going to work best against that enemy and how they play in order to finish out the level and basically destroy your enemy mm-hmm. and. I definitely agree on the simplicity of it. It just took a maybe too long to get going and the ramp up of the cards that you get or the complexity of the game. It reminded me of one we played a few weeks back where it was like these little gumdrops and you had the whole chain of battle and it never seemed to Oh, get I remember going. which one. You know, this one I felt because it was a whole story element and I thought it picked up... I thought it picked up faster than that game because this one, I there were maybe like the third or fourth quest in i could see partway during the battle that i wasn't going to win and then i had to restart the battle and then kind of redecide how i was going to go i don't know how much making the choices in the story affect i know it affects which cards you get but i don't know if they're pretty much the same card they just have a different object on them that's more thematic for how you're doing it that i haven't tried like to take different paths to see, like, I think 
I, I'm I'm curious once I finish this playthrough to play through a second time and see if there how much of a different different choices make for the for the different cards. So like at one point I could choose a crossbow or I could choose a grappling hook. And I'm not sure if they were basically just the same card with different uh pictures on them or if they really would do different things. But I, I I actually quite enjoyed this. I thought the story was entertaining, and I I yes, it was a little simple in the beginning. I wish it ramped, got a little more difficult, a little quicker. Maybe I just was lucky in my my card choices. But I, overall, I I thought this was quite a li- enjoyable little puzzly mix of genres. Uh, I thought it was better than that other. I can't remember. Yeah, what the other no, game was no, called. I definitely discounted the rain story portion of it, but. I think part of me saying simplicity is that I wanted more Rain's decision-based, clear impact of my decisions throughout the story. Like, there were some choices where it seemed like they were different terms for the same word. Like, you get to that point in Rain's, it pretty much means you're dead. But this was just advancing the storyline. Yeah, yeah. No, I felt like, yeah, definitely some of the choices, it felt like they were just rewording the same thing. You knew you were going to end up in the same thing, no matter which of the choices you picked. A couple of them were just the dot, dot, dots to continue. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there were ones where you could tell the wording was going to end you in the same spot. It didn't matter. So yeah, that's where I, I think I need to definitely play it through a second time to see how much that changes. But overall, I, I would definitely, I, I'd recommend this. I, I thought it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it's it's not too difficult. And I there's something where they say in the description where it says there's an adaptive difficulty where they adjust. I guess they adjust the difficulty to if you're really struggling with something, maybe if you lose enough times, uh, it, it'll adjust. And I didn't ever really lost. I there were a couple of times where I could tell I was going to lose. So I restarted that battle. Oh, I didn't cheater. get to the point where I actually died. Oh, no, because I could tell no, I picked the wrong. I t- it's so like there's one where you spawn red and blue cards. And I, I didn't realize they were going to spawn blue cards. And so one of my cards let me rip up red cards. And I kept that one instead of keeping the one. Let me rip up blue cards. So now I'm not even going to be able to rip up their cards so they can't use them. So I knew pretty early on, like, wait a minute, this guy's only spawning blue cards. There's no way that I'm ever going to be able to beat him. He's just getting spawning all these attack cards. I chose unwisely. So that's when I restarted and then chose the one that allowed me to rip up his cards. And then I did much better in yeah, I, I don't know if I just got lucky with the ordering, but I never seem to have a problem picking the order I need to line up the cards to get them out in the way I needed them to win the battles. Mm-hmm. I, I can see that. For me, I think I just I've gotten so used to playing a game like Meteor Fall that it, it felt maybe too simplistic in comparison, but. That's more. On I, it was me. definitely That's not easier the game in comparison. Yeah, <laughs> I I definitely agree with you. I think Meteorfall is a tougher game than this. Uh, as and far as and just the variety, of the it. card battling. That that's what yeah, I think yeah. more. Where you get those five different character classes, and each one kind of plays out differently. This one, here's twenty set puzzles to play through. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, and even the puzzles weren't that different from each other. I the the enemies did behave differently. There was one. I don't want to give anything away, but there was one really cool enemy. I'm like, what is going on? When am I ever going to beat this guy? And then something. There's a little twist, and it was a fun little twist that comes up. And then I finally realized what was going on, and I'm like, ah, that's how I'm going to beat him. Uh, and so 
there are those kind of gotcha moments in there that I thought were kind of fun. Uh, but I, I think there needs to be more of those quicker within the game. I know there's more content. I believe there's more content coming for the game. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be free or I assume that's just going to continue on the story and be an, an, an update to the game, but I'm not entirely sure. And so that's unhatched. It's two ninety nine and universal. And then to round out the week is Yokai Dungeon, which comes from the makers of Drop Wizard as well as Super Cat Tales. And this game, it kind of calls back to the retro arcade games of the past in that you have to push either plants or pots or blocks and try to destroy enemies. So you're given this top-down version of this little like garden and you have to get on a certain side to slide it in and squish these enemies. And as you go, the enemies become more complex, but every single grid needs to, you need to defeat every single enemy to be able to open the door and advance to the next area. And as you go, you'll get into these more complex boss battles and the boss battles are going to require multiple block pushes and you have to get on the right side. So just even the first boss battle, for example, it follows you. So you're standing in this spot, it's going to fly and hit that spot. So you need to once it's airborne to then move circle around to get on the certain side of a jar. So then you could push that jar into the boss and you have to do it multiple times. So again, you have that regular level where there's just five kind of basic enemies to squish. And then you'll get into those boss battles and each one has a different style. And this was just a surprising little challenging game. It's not the most complex game in the app store, but it's just a fun retro style, kind of like Mr. Do, where you want to get enemies all chasing behind you and line them up to get that one big squish. Yeah, this was kind of a, a nice surprise. I did really enjoy Drop Wizard back in the day uh, by the same developer, and uh, it was unexpected. Like, I didn't know what to really... I saw it on the App Store. You told me uh, about it, and then I, I decided to give it a try, and it was... It was actually really enjoyable. I, and the if you take too long, because the first few they seem like it, it doesn't matter. You can hang out. You could wait till and bide your time to take these things out. They never come really for you. They're kind of on their little set patterns, and you just got to go make sure you're in front of the pot for when they're in line with the pot, and then push the pot and take them out. But if you spend too much time, this kind of Grim Reaper dude comes out and just starts chasing after you. And even if you left the level after he started chasing, he's still following you. So now you got to deal with this dude that's kind of following you around because you took too long. So you can't spend too long. But at the same time, you're kind of at the whim of these characters and seeing how they move and watching their movements to be able to line things up. And hopefully you can take out more than one at a time. But sometimes it just takes a while because you got to make sure you line them up and and take them out. So there's kind of all these competing elements there to kind of force you to change up strategy or think about strategy or find a faster way to take them out, even beyond those boss battles. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even, you know, until you said the time aspect of it, I didn't even know that was part of the game at all. Yeah, well, I just was hanging out. I was taking my time. I'm like, oh, whatever. And all of a sudden, that guy came out. I'm like, what is going on? It's pretty fun, though, that you just kind of discover these games. Because just going back, the icon itself is like an upside-down triangle or umbrella with one leg. It's an leg. umbrella with feet. Yeah, with, yeah, like, with one foot. big shoe. And it's like... <laughs> 
that that that's enough to get me into the game. <laughs> and then you have the whole <laughs> cool retro-inspired art style, and it's just a fun little mechanic. Again, it's not the most complex thing in the app store, but it's just a fun idea. You even have this little Bomberman idea. Like Bomberman, you drop the bomb, leave it, and try to care about the rowing column explosion. This has that rowing column consideration, but now you're specifically throwing objects through that those rows and columns to destroy enemies. Right, and you have to plan it in such a way that you're not going to trap the thing you need to throw against a wall that then you can't get to to then throw it in another direction. So you gotta you gotta plan things out a little bit so you don't end up with nothing to throw. Yep. And so that's Yokai Dungeon, a fun free universal game to try out when we have these other three paid games. Yep. And I think that's everything for episode one twelve. Yeah, that's all I got. Be sure to follow us at App Advice and at App Attic Net throughout the week for fun updates. Everyone, thanks for joining and we'll talk to you next time. Talk to you later.